eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Gig'em 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined as always by Brian Peroni. Uh, Brian, we've got an offensive coordinator to discuss, and, and we will certainly get into that. How's, how's everything going? Oh, it's good. I, we also have more to discuss. You know, I logged on this morning, uh, you know, before we went on the air and saw you, dude. Uh, you look, uh, like, way different. Way different I than I think I've we ever kind, known you. You've always had kinda, long hair. I know. We kind of went with the, you know, I think everybody was kind of jarred and, and shocked when they saw my hair. I'm like, well, it went from being so long to, to short. I think it was just going to be jarring for for anybody's but you know a couple people were like whoa what happened to your hair (laughs) got a got a haircut that's 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 the simple extent of what happened at least you've got options man i got nothing (laughs) i don't have much there to you're not gonna see my long flowing locks anytime i think i think that what everybody doesn't know is you just go for a haircut every week you're just well i do i do it i do it myself now i do but you know i i even when I do it no guard, I don't just shave the forehead, though. I got, you know, <laughs> just go real high up there. I thought it looks good. No, they, um, they, 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 um, they did a good job. They did, you know, kind of did the little, the little razor and, and it was time. It was, it was needed. It was getting a little bit, a little bit out of control. And, um, you know, while I was, while I was there, I ain't even got a commitment from, from Raymond Cottrell. So, you know, maybe I should go for for a haircut more often. Oh yeah, do it for sure. And yeah, Raymond Control, he's a good player, and that's a little surprise at a position of need for sure. No doubt, no doubt. And we will we will certainly discuss him. That that happened after um, we recorded last week. But starting with Bobby Petrino, that was the big news of the week. Happened actually while I was down at the All American Bowl, um, so I had a chance to catch up with. Ruben Owens and Colton Thomason about that, um, which is up on the on the site. Your your reactions to to that news? All right, so it was going to be hard for A and M to really find you know an offense coordinator that fans were going to be excited about. I mean, yeah, right now 
A&M's coming off a five and seven season. You know, Jimbo Fisher's embattled for sure. You know, fans have been clamoring for the buyout and things like that. So, I mean, to be honest, everybody wanted Garrett Riley, right, from TCU, who's in the national yeah. championship game. Right? Just, I mean, put yourself in his position. You know, he's getting, you know, lots of opportunities. Uh, you know, he'll likely be a head coach soon. So, you know, why make that jump? Yeah, money is going to be better at A&M than other places. But, you know, there's – other than that, and he's already making good money and will make it as a head coach. You know, is there really anything for him to gain by making the jump to A&M, especially when people are concerned about Jimbo Fisher and, and play calling? You know, are you really going to get all the autonomy that, that you want? So, you know, Petrino, I, I think people didn't really think it was the sexiest guy. But, you know, I've, I've talked to a couple of people that, you know, familiar with the industry that, that know him and everything. And, you know, it, it seems to be consensus that it's actually a good fit. You know, he's not – you know, I, we had reported on the day of that uh, – you know, originally Fisher and and Petrino didn't come to, you know, didn't see eye to eye with the role, you know, with, with how much autonomy he would be given, you know, that change. And, you know, some people said, you know, he will, you know, stand up to Jimbo if Jimbo tries to, you know, sort of undercut him at all. And also, I mean, his offenses have been pretty good. So, you know, it's not the young up-and-comer that people are in love with, but he's also not a guy that's, you know, looking, you know, to jump to a head coaching job or anything like that if things go well. So, um I mean, is it, you know, is it a splash? No. Um, you know, could it go wrong? Yeah. But I don't think it's, you know, it's anything terrible. And I think there's a chance that his offense could be pretty good. I mean, Arkansas fans are really worried about A&M now, and that should, you know, tell you something, you know, people that are really familiar with him, you know, from his time at Arkansas, and they seem worried. And Trudy almost beat Arkansas this year um, at uh, Missouri State. Missouri, Missouri State, State. Yeah. yes. Oh. Now – and you know, and add a bonus, you know, hiring away from from UNLV. UNLV <laughs> went out and, and plugged uh, Texas wide receivers coach Brendan yeah. Marion. So kind of, kind of, kind of hurt. Yeah, we were talking about that. Texas, Texas fans were laughing. Yeah, Texas yes. fans were laughing at A and M because oh, they had to go back on their, you know, go back and get a guy that would reject them or whatever, and then get a little domino effect. They lose their their wide receiver coach at UNLV. And like oh, they were shouldn't have laughed and hoped yeah. that would happen. Not 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 such a laughing matter now, and yeah. you know I I think your your point that you brought up is a good one, and I I kind of feel the same way. Look, there's there's no guarantee, and and there's no surefire hire. I don't think that was out there. I think every guy would have come with some risk. That's just the nature of this. So, you know, to say Bobby Petrino comes with some risk, he does. But what other offensive coordinator hire wouldn't have come with some risk? If you you know we. We heard all the names on the on the list. Phil Longo, Phil Longo, struggled towards the end of his season at North Carolina, and I think there were some folks around North Carolina that were ready for him to to probably move on. You know, there were there were other guys that, you know, there were there were other names that that folks kind of latched on to, and and everybody would have come. But I th- I think your point is a good one that. Bobby Petrino is going to be a guy that's not going to be afraid to stand up to Jimbo Fisher if he tries to kind of get too involved or, or try to dictate things. And I think, honestly, I think the discussion about the role and, and, and the play calling duties was, was a good example of that. That's in a kind of an indication of a, of a spot where Bobby Petrino can say, look, this is where, this is where I stand. This is, this is what I believe in and, and can kind of, be someone that can stand up to Jimbo Fisher and and the reaction I got talking to folks around San Antonio and 
and you and I have certainly talked about this before, is it, it, it frees Jimbo Fisher up to worry about other aspects of the program. Recruiting, for one, and, you know, that's, that's something that when you, when you talk about Bobby Petrino, that's a piece of feedback, truthfully, that we've heard is he doesn't love recruiting. He's not a, he's not a guy that's going to, you know, mingle and schmooze with a bunch of recruits and, and just doesn't love that part of the job. And, and that could also be an indication as to why he had a drop off in the later years of his, of his uh, time at Louisville and, and elsewhere is because he doesn't love to recruit. Now I think he's going to have, the most talent he's ever had the, the the chance to work with, with guys like Evan Stewart, with Connor Wigman, with Moose Muhammad, I think he's going to have the most talent that is disposable to, that he's, he's really had the chance to work with. So I think it's got a chance to work. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously got some risk. It's going to be fascinating to be in that, you know, to be a fly on the wall in that offensive room with, with him and, and Jimbo Fisher discussing, game plans and things like that. They're going to have their yeah. disagreements, <laughs> um, but you know, but there's, there's, a, there's a lot of experience there too. With those there's two, a lot of experience. You know, bouncing things off each other. And I think to expect the Jimbo Fisher was going to go out and get like an air raid guy or somebody like that, that just wasn't <laughs> going to be the case. He was going to get somebody that matches his philosophy for the most part. I think that was reasonable to expect in many ways. Bobby Petrino kind of fits that. And so, you know, you, you have a ton of experience. You free Jumbo Fisher up to worry about other aspects of the program. I think it, I think it could end up being a positive. We'll find out this fall. And anybody who says it was, is a failure or home run hire, you know, you're just guessing at this point. It, it, we'll find out in, in middle of the season where, where things are with, with, this, with this program. And, and, and it's a huge hire for A&M. It's, there's a lot riding on it. Oh, no, for sure. And like you said, yeah, you can't – nobody can put a verdict in yet. I mean, a lot of times you can with coaches and with – yeah, even even with coordinators, you can do that. But, yeah, this one won't be known. So anybody that's just completely bashing it, I mean, off base, anybody that's like, oh, this is the best ever, you know, off base, you know, you have to you have to see how he does. I mean, it's been a while since, since he was a coordinator. I mean, it's been actually a long time since he was a coordinator. <laughs> Let's count the week at, at UNLV prior to <laughs> – Hey man, he's been, he's, been a, he's been an offensive coordinator in two schools in the past month. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, you're right. He does. Forgot about the experience there. You know, yeah, it's been a while since he hasn't been the man in charge. So, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen? You know, maybe his, maybe he clashes with Jimbo or maybe it works out, you know, seamlessly. Uh, you know, who knows? But it's one of those things where it's not, yeah, it's not an immediate just yeah, failure. So, you know, give it time, see what happens. I think this spring, you know, could be fun to watch with the, uh, you know, maybe some new wrinkles in the offense. Who knows? Maybe, maybe he and Jimbo just get into a, an agreement and everything looks the same. You know, that that's not yeah. ideal, but you know, we'll find out a lot in the spring, and then especially, like you said, yeah, the beginning of the year. If nothing else, it's going to be an intriguing. That's that's for for sure. One way or another, it's going to be it's going to be fascinating to watch how this all works out. Another big addition, like we talked about, it on that offensive side of the ball was Raymond Cottrell, um, and. You know, this this was this one was kind of a one that happened quietly behind the scenes. He's taken multiple visits to Texas AM. He took an official visit over the summer. He came back for a game during the fall. Probably an indication when he didn't sign with Georgia during the early signing period that that uh, you know he was at least open to his options. Florida had been pursuing him as as well, but for AM, you you now have two four-star 
receivers in the class. I'm not sure in November, you know, there was a question about if A&M was even going to sign a skilled player, not, not from us, but <laughs> around, around yeah. the rest of the market. Um, and, and now A&M sitting with two four-star receivers in the class. And, um, you know, I think, I, th- I think a pretty good one and, and, and uh, a pretty good find late in the cycle. Oh, no, for sure. I mean, he, uh, yeah, he was assigned to Georgia. He was planning to, I mean, he was committed to Georgia, planning to enroll early, um, you know, and then just decided, you know, Georgia did get the two, uh, you know, the mm-hmm. two top wide receiver transfers in the portal. And obviously their class is really good. They're playing a national championship game and favored. Um, you know, so I think maybe he, he saw some writing on the wall there about playing time, but that doesn't mean a ton. I mean, he's still uh, really good. It's like, you know, kids transfer from Ohio State receivers and, you know, end up still as good, you know, Jamison uh, Williams to, you know, to Alabama. Um, you know, it's absolutely loaded. So, you know, I don't think, you know, if there was, you know, if Georgia did, you know, maybe encourage him to look around or, or wasn't showing him as much love, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's ranked, what, in the top 150 in the country. Uh, yeah. Big kid, you know, pretty fast. And, you know, he isn't signed yet. I think, you know, fans that are listening that haven't been on the board, it's just he did say, you know, I'm officially signed with A&M. He signed his scholarship paper. So that binds A&M to him. So, A&M, you know, no matter what, if A&M decides, oh, we don't like this guy, they're they're bound to him for at least a year with the scholarship papers. It doesn't bind him to A&M. Uh, the thing that binds him now, since he didn't sign during that, the period only lasted, what, from the 20th to the 22nd? Correct. Um, yeah, so – so since he didn't sign, and then you know, the, what what makes him bound in and now is when he shows up for class. First day of class is on uh, January seventeenth. So uh, I don't, we don't expect any kind of hiccups or anything there. But just uh, you know, just a note because a lot of people are wondering like how come how come you guys aren't saying he's signed? Because he's not technically you know signed in the right. in a sense. But yeah, he, I mean he's a guy they need. You know, if nothing else, they need bodies a receiver. But he's more than a body. He's a big guy. They're looking for a big guy, um, you know, Marquise Montgomery, uh, Juco kid. You know, they offered him because they were looking for that that bigger receiver. So, uh, receiver is still, you know, a need in the in the portal. But yeah, this, you know, if you think uh, Control can come in and, and play right away, you know, even if it's just his depth, and you know, it alleviates some of those concerns. No doubt, we've got a lot of questions you and I on the on the board over the past couple of weeks about well, who's A and M going to target as an outside receiver well one they got Noah Thomas there and they feel pretty good about Noah Thomas and and they could look at Cottrell as a guy that can come in like he said as a as a depth piece as a guy that contribute I still think there's a need and and obviously Marquise Montgomery is a guy that they have have offered Joshua Cobbs is still out there he also has an offer and, and hasn't committed yet um, Grant to somebody did ask about him on the board he did end up returning to Charlotte and then declaring for the NFL draft yeah. this weekend. So he is now off the table. Uh, he was a guy that A&M was connected to early on in the, the portal cycle, but you know, they still, they still have um, probably a need at adding size at that, at that outside receiver position. But, you know, you mentioned it with a guy like Cottrell, 6'2", 203, and um, you know, was, was a really good player in high school. He's ranked as the number 24, 24 receiver in the 2023 class and uh you know to to have him and and Micah Tease in the fold is a pretty solid 
receiver class, all things considered, with some of the the receiver struggles on the on the you know this past season, or not the receiver, but offensive struggles overall. Yeah. Obviously, you would love to have Hakeem Williams and Jalen Brown and all those guys, but I think A and M did pretty well overall to get those those two in the class and um, can now look to maybe supplement that in in the transfer portal. But you know, A and M does have Evan Stewart and Moose Muhammad coming back, so um, you know they've they've got their top two options at least at least in the fold as well. Uh, we're gonna. We're going to look a little more at um, the 2023 season at AM offense and, and talk a little more about Bobby Petrino right after a quick break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast welcome back into the gigam 24 7 sports podcast i am andrew hattersley joined by brian peroni brian we're gonna play a little buy or sell to to close out the show today a little new segment on the show um with three questions uh, first, with the the. Well, I, I want to point out, baby. I don't know the question. You don't know the so questions. Yeah, this, this, get, you know you're going to get, get real reactions. Any expressions? Any any real yeah. reactions? Uh, yeah, Brian does not know the questions. I've 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 come up with them. So, um, <clears throat> starting out, Brian, uh, with Bobby Petrino calling the plays, and I I think it's important to know with Connor Wigman back, Evan Stewart, Moose Muhammad, that all kind of comes into the picture as well. Does A&M average 30 points per game next season? 30? What, hold on. What they average this season? A, which would be a um, which would be a seven-point jump from last season and would put them right about middle of the pack, would put them around ninth to seventh in the SEC this past season. I don't know. You got New Mexico, Miami, ULM. They should have no problem putting up points on any of those Auburn points. You know what? Yes. Uh, ACU, 
Uh, SEC, okay, the schedule is tough. A&M has Alabama always, LSU always. Um, you know, a game at Tennessee. Tennessee looked scary even without uh, Hinden Hooker in that in that bowl game. But other than that, not a ton of, uh, you know, SEC is, is probably going to be down a little bit, uh, at least yeah. SEC West. Going to be down a little bit. So I'd say so because you also have, you know, Wigman coming back with experience. You know, he's going to have a whole spring under his belt as the starter. Uh, Evan Stewart with experience. Running back's a concern. Um, you know, Ruben Owens, it's, that's a big jump to be the guy. Um, you know, is is he the guy the first game? Or is it Amari Daniels? Who knows? But uh, I'd say fact or fiction, true or false. What do we call it? Buy or sell. Buy or sell. Buy or sell. Okay, I'll, I'll buy it. I'll say 30, 30 points. I, man, offenses score a lot. I would not have guessed that that would have just – been midway in the in the SEC. No, no, it's it's kind of a jarring number. It's like you you kind of look at it and you're like, man, Tennessee averaged forty six point one points per game last season. Alabama, oh yeah, I mean, points. come on, they're and, ridiculous. But but going down, you know, Georgia thirty nine, and then you had a whole bunch of teams in kind of the mid mid thirties. To your point, like that's you know that's that's kind of the jump A and M's looking to make. Obviously, A and M was down there at at. 22.8 points per game, 13th in the SEC, only ahead of Kentucky. Even even Vanderbilt averaged more than A&M last season, which is, is kind of real bad to think about. Um, I'm with you, I think, and it's got as much to do, and, I, and TARP has made this point the past couple of days on the board, with it's got as much to do with Connor Wigman coming back and Evan Stewart and Moose Muhammad um, as I think it does having Bobby Petrino calling the plays. Now it's a yeah. fresh look. It's it's first advice. Let's not forget about Donovan Green. You know, A&M had to replace Jalen Widemeyer last season. Probably took a little bit for that tight end room to to kind of get going. But I think Donovan Green's kind of an exciting piece there. And, yes, A&M's going to have to figure out running back. Um, I think Amari Daniels, obviously, is is kind of ready to to take over there as well as Lamion Moss um, along with, with Ruben Owens, which brings me to my next one. Um, AM has had a thousand yard rush for each of the last three seasons. Does that streak continue in 2023 with Amari Daniels, Le'Veon Moss, or Ruben Owens? Any one of the three that you see could potentially become a thousand yard rusher? I'm going to say no. Uh, not because I think the running offense struggles, because I think that for the first time under Jimbo Fisher, we will see more of a platoon. It's not going to be, I mean, there just isn't the obvious guy to go out there and carry. Yeah. 30 times a game I don't think you throw a true freshman out there that much and you know and I they you know Moss struggled you know in, in the little bit that he got but it was clear they liked him you know Mari Daniels you know he's good he's got the uh you know a chain you know sort of a chain role but you know he's not as fast and you know it's nobody's gonna be you know Devon a chain so I'm gonna say no um because of I'm gonna sell that because of uh you know the fact that I, I don't think I just don't think there will be one guy get that many opportunities. Yeah, I I am going to go out on a little bit of a limb and say yes. I think Amari Daniels kind of showed that explosiveness late in the year that, you know, I think I think he could, you know, what we saw um, kind of late against Ole Miss I, or against Auburn is kind of where I think, um, you know, he's, he's, he's kind of got that explosiveness and I think potentially could be, could be that guy that can step in and uh, yeah, it, you know, it, it, it remains to be seen. It does A&M kind of split the carries. We, 
we've seen AM kind of lean on one guy heavily. And I think until Jimbo Fisher kind of shows that he's gonna change that, I think yeah. is the other is the other is the other aspect. Does he find a guy and just go with it? Um I agree. I think Ruben Owens is gonna be a guy that that contributes, but it's gonna take some time. He's a high schooler coming up to the college level. Um and you know, I do expect him to have an impact, but um I think it could take some time. But I think Amari Daniels in this offense is going to be it's going to be really fascinating to watch, and I th- I think he could be kind of a breakout guy um, from that perspective. So going a bit out on a limb there, and we'll see. I could be horribly wrong, but <laughs> that's okay. Um, and and then with the with the national championship coming up tonight, TCU is double digit underdogs against Georgia, um, but we've already seen them pull off one surprise already, beating. Michigan, do they keep it within a one-score game against Georgia, though? Georgia's kind of a different animal. They're 12-point underdogs. Do they keep it to a one-score game? Yes. Um, I mean, TCU, what, their only loss this year is the Kansas State in overtime. Uh, they were down pretty big in the first half a number of times. I mean, they should have lost to Baylor. You know, they'd lose to Baylor in that same scenario, you know, 99 times out of 100, and, you know, they managed to come back. They have not been – outplayed you know in any game or just dominantly outplayed um so yeah i think uh, i think they keep it close uh georgia does have more to prepare for seeing how tcu you know played against michigan but i don't know maybe it's maybe it's hopeful too because of how good the semifinal games were i mean th- those two games yeah. that day were incredible so it's like ah that the the encore has to be even better so it, it may be just hopeful but yeah i think i think they do keep it keep it within a score i think there's a chance there's a chance they win, and this is going to be on old take exposed when he's going to show the score like Georgia 55, TCU 3 after me saying there's a chance they win. But, no, I think there's a chance they pull it out. Yeah, being bold, I like it. It's That's what that's what, the, that's what this is all about. Um, you know, I am going to go no. I think Georgia's too talented. Obviously, everything that they've, they've, they've kind of got offensively, Stetson Bennett, obviously, Brock Bowers. I don't – I I just don't see it. I think they probably end up winning this by by fourteen, and um, you know they're just so they're just so loaded. And you know TCU's been been an awesome story, and and this could be an, an old takes exposed as well. But I I think I think Georgia's a lot better built to be able to control the trenches than you know. You look at what TCU did to Michigan; they just dominated the trenches. Um, and you know, I just, I, I just, I just don't know if I see that happening on Monday night, and 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 probably see Georgia uh, being able to kind of establish their will there. And uh, you know, one of the big concerns for me is is TCU going to be actually able to run the ball against Georgia um, with the guys that they have up front? So I'm go- I'm going to go no on that one. But at least at least we disagreed on a couple of them. That's oh yeah, that's at least uh, that that that's what we're going for, right? And, um we will certainly be back next week to kind of take a look at the we've we've got a couple another week here on the the high school recruiting dead period and then um things will begin picking back up um with national signing day just a couple weeks away at this point a&m still has a little bit of work to do before national signing day um a couple guys still out there as they look to kind of round out this class and we'll certainly be back to kind of break that down um as always if you you like the show be sure to hit like and share on on youtube to um to push this out and and 
uh, give us a five-star review on <laughs> Apple, Apple and, and Spotify. And until then, enjoy the National Championship game, and we'll see you guys soon. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel. Streaming around the clock on Pluto TV, the CBS Sports app, and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.